0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah! (laughs) What is good, Hootah Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories – Your team every day. I am your host, Ross Jackson, lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsidered.com. And as always, I'd like to start by thanking all of our newest listeners, as well as all of you who have been rocking with me since the very beginning. Whether it's your first time or your next time, I always love hearing from everyone that tunes in, reads, and follows. So know that you can hit me up on Twitter at RossJacksonASC. And of course, that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, where you can find my, as well as other talented writers, articles, and podcasts, your source for up to the minute. Saints, news, opinions, and analysis for Saints fans by Saints fans and the Saints did it yesterday they did it again they went on the road against really tough competition and walked out of Minnesota with a W so we're going to be talking about the Saints win in the first segment just a recap of the game how everything went stats wise all that I'm going to spend the second segment of today's show talking about Eli Apple how did it go for him Uh, he just joined the team earlier this week and then all of a sudden he's in the game starting so how did his game go and then we're going to wrap it up as as always, by looking at some of the biggest stories from around the league, including a piece of news long, long, long time coming in. Long, 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 long time in the making. So all of that and a little bit of yap here on Locked On Saints. All right, so let's start by talking about this Vikings game, this game against the Vikings. So New Orleans travels to Minnesota for a Sunday night football primetime game against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, of course, we all know what happened uh, in the... Uh, division championship against the Vikings into uh, last year uh, in the playoffs. And I got to tell you, like, when when the game started and that was the first thing that they showed, I was like, oh, God, here we go. But they didn't really, they didn't really like, overplay it. So I really appreciated that because it's like, okay, yes, we know what happened. So I feel like there's a little bit of, like, there was some tact. There was some, uh, there, you know, there was just some tact about it. So I, I, I appreciated that. They opened with it, and they kind of left it alone after that. But uh, so – Drew Brees, first of all, let's start off on this offense here. Drew Brees had uh, a game, like, if you looked at the stat sheet from this game, whether it's team stats or just player stats, like, it's not, there's no way that you believe that the Saints win this game. Let's see. Let's look here. So the, see, total first downs here, 17 for the Saints, 27 for the Vikings. Total plays, 53 for the Saints, 67 for the Vikings. Total yards, 270 for the Saints. 423 for the Vikings, two more drives for the Vikings, Uh, 338 passing yards to 164 passing yards in favor of the Vikings, over a yard per play more for the Vikings than the Saints. It was just one of those games where like, when you look at it, you just don't believe that there's any way that the Saints walked out of this with a win, and that was just some that's that's it was just it was a lot and so like when you're watching this game or when you're looking back at it there's no identification here aside from the score that the Saints actually won this game but then when you kind of look up well not really even when you look at the individual player stats Drew Brees threw uh 18 for 23 which again he's almost he's right there by an 80 percent completion percentage yet again uh for 120 yards only for this game that is the fewest he's thrown uh, since he's been in New Orleans in a win, and I'm pretty sure it's the fewest in a New Orleans win in franchise history, fewest passing yards. And then, uh-huh, let's see, he had one touchdown, which was really kind of just a shovel pass. To, <laughs> it was really just kind of like a little like he did, he didn't even touch it. He just kind of like he just kind of like hit it back. To, uh, to Alvin Kamara uh, for a three-yard touchdown. And then he threw his first interception against Harrison Smith. I told y'all it was probably going to happen. I told y'all it was probably going to happen. Uh, let's see. Over on the rushing side, Mark Ingram ran 13 times for 63 yards. Alvin Kamara ran 13 yards for 45 yards. Why you got to play ads on me? Uh, 13, <laughs> 13 carries for 45 yards uh, and also got his second touchdown on the ground. Michael Thomas led all receivers in receiving yards with 81 receptions uh, off of five catches, six targets, 16.2 yards per catch with a 44-yard long catch that came from Taysom Hill. Uh, Alvin Kamara led the team in targets as well as receptions. He had eight targets, seven receptions, 31 yards, and then that shovel pass for a touchdown. Mark Ingram also added 29 yards receiving. Traequan Smith had 18 yards receiving, and Taysom Hill caught his first pass uh, on one target uh, for five yards now the Saints also whipped out the first time that we've seen a three quarterback set they had Taysom Hill at the quarterback position and then they had Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees split on the outsides Teddy um and then Taysom Hill took the snap and then tried to run up the middle and then just got like clanked at the line of scrimmage but still it was pretty fun to see so you know like like Sean Payton's gonna Sean Payton's ready to try anything and everything but the story here comes from this defense now you heard me say that the defense allowed over 400 yards. They also allowed 359 passing yards to Kirk Cousins and two touchdowns. However, they did get some turnovers here, and that was the big part of it. And P.J. Williams was a big part of those turnovers. He allowed, let's see, over the course. So he allowed five catches to Adam Thielen for 74 yards. He allowed three catches to to Stephon Diggs for 40 yards and he allowed a touchdown to both of them so that's a total of 114 yards allowed to those two receivers two touchdowns but then he also forced a fumble alongside uh, Alex Anzalone that Mark, that Marshawn Lattimore recovered and returned for uh, I don't remember how many yards but returned for quite a ways and all and, and set up another touchdown drive and so like he he was a big part of that but then even still later on in the game he ended up getting an interception that he took back for a pick six because Stephon Diggs just kind of stopped running a route I think it was missed Miscommunication between what Stephon Diggs was supposed to do versus what uh, Kirk Cousins expected him to do. Now, this is classic Kirk Cousins. This is classic Kirk Cousins here that I, I, we, we've talked about before. His turnovers late in the game, always costing whatever team he's playing with. How many times do we see that in Washington? And honestly, we've seen it a couple times in Minnesota. So there's got to be some concern over there for that. But Look, the Saints just gave Kirk Cousins a hard time otherwise. Getting to him four times, sacked him four times for a total of 21 yards. Uh, Marshall, I'm sorry, uh, it was Marcus Davenport got to him twice. He had two sacks, two tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits. You know, that's all the same. And then uh, he also got two, I'm sorry, and Sheldon Rankins also got two sacks as well and an, and an additional quarterback hit. Uh, Cam Jordan got two quarterback hits. David Onumana got a hit on him as well. So they got to him nine times throughout this game. Alex Anzalone got him once. They, they got to him nine times in this game in terms of hitting him, four times for a sack. So this is good. Like that. That's exactly what we were hoping for. Remember we were talking about how pass rush was the key to this game? It definitely ended up being exactly that. They put some hits on, on uh, Kirk Cousins, got him to a place where he was feeling uncomfortable, and then had him making ill-advised decisions. And that's exactly what we wanted to see from this defensive line taking advantage of this hindered, hindered, hindered uh, Minnesota offensive line team escapes mostly healthy. They come out of this with a three, with a 30 to 20 win. Um, Will Lutz added three field goals as well as three extra points. He was perfect for the day, six kicks, six kicks. Uh, Thomas Morstead punted only twice in this game. I think uh, somebody from the team over at Allstate's considered posted that. Um, that in the last like three games, Thomas Moore said has only punted like four times or something like that, which is uh, you know the average sort of punts per game the Saints are leading in right now. So the Saints give up two 100-yard wide receivers again in the same game. Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, by the way, sets the record for most 100-yard reception receiving games uh, to start a season, which is now uh, which he has now set at eight. Uh, they limit the uh, Minnesota Vikings to 85 rushing yards, which you kind of expected. Allowed 56 of a touchdown to Latavius Murray. And then 15 also came uh, by way of Adam Thielen as well. So overall, it wasn't the best game for the defense, but they performed exactly the way that they needed to in terms of uh, in terms of getting this win today. The offensive line held up. Drew Brees was pretty much unscathed for most of the game. Uh, let's see. They only got two quarterback hits on them. Uh, Minnesota's defensive line did, which is great for that defensive line. Danielle Hunter, Linval Joseph had come back or was healthy. Everson Griffin had come back and was healthy. So they only got to Drew Brees twice, never got a sack on him. So, uh, great win for the Saints team and great win for this great job by the Saints defense, even though they allowed the yards, they did not break. So a big part of that Saints defense was the addition of Eli Apple, which is what we're going to be talking about here after uh, here in just a moment with our second segment. And then we'll finish up by looking at news from around the league. All right, before we get to Eli Apple's very exciting first game as a New Orleans Saint, I want to talk to you about a very exciting opportunity here on Locked on Saints. If you want to hear your company mentioned, you're looking for maybe a new way to reach new customers, you can be mentioned right here on this podcast, right here on Locked on Saints. All you have to do is hit me up, shoot me an email, roshjacksonasc at gmail.com. I'll tell you all about our uh, second half of the season packages. Our demographic is 98% male with more education and higher earning than traditional media audiences. So all you need to do is reach out and let me know and we get you all the information and details that you need. You shoot me an email. Once again, roshjacksonasc at gmail.com. That's roshjacksonasc at gmail.com. Look, yo, it's week eight. If you've been destroying your weekly pickems and everything that you're doing with your friends, your family, and your coworkers, that's super dope. But I think that it's time for you to step it up, take it to the next level by visiting my bookie remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with and that's why i always tell people to bet with my bookie trust me they're your best bet this season they've been in business for years they've got great reviews online and their mobile site is mad easy to use you're out to lunch you learn some new information you hop on the mobile site place a bet win some cash i would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me and that's exactly why i'm here urging you to make your way over to my bookie you win they pay they have in game live betting with over unders on fantasy points scored in the most rewarding player perks in the business and they're slammed with new betters right now i want to make sure that everybody gets the best service possible so if you're willing to wait to deposit until after 7 p.m eastern time they'll give you an additional 25 dollars of free play on deposits over hundred dollars and if you join right now my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand dollars if you just use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to activate the offer visit my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim it to $1,000 in free play. And if you're willing to wait until after 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can get an additional $25 free play by using the promo code locked on 25. Uh, it's numeric 2525, locked on 25. 25 LOCKEDON25. It's up to you guys, but I definitely wait until after dinner and take the extra money. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, family, welcome back. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to be talking about some of the biggest stories from around the league, including the change in leadership for a team that should have happened a long time long time ago but it's finally finally in the books but first I want to talk about Eli Apple's first game as a New Orleans Saint you remember that just earlier this week the Saints made the move to bring Eli Apple over to New Orleans from the New York Giants uh, for uh, this year's fourth round pick and next year's seventh round pick Uh, Eli Apple is a uh, first round draft pick from 2016 10th overall drafted by the New York Giants cornerback out of Ohio State he was brought in with the hopes of being able to sort of cure all of the ailments and illness or whatever was going on uh opposite Marshawn Lattimore at least it made me feel ill and ailed um and so or ailmented uh so you know they brought him in to try to figure out if that you know if they could help out Marshawn Lattimore get somebody opposite him that was more effective than King Crawley which honestly isn't asking for a lot King Crawley did not have a great time uh so far this season at all just whatever happened last season just didn't come back for this year um So they get Eli Apple over here, they get him prepped in a week, and then get him on the field against a really, really talented wide receiver core Stefan Diggs or at least wide receiver duo Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and he comes in and he plays uh, pretty okay he wasn't excellent but he also wasn't terrible I don't I, I guess so he kind of like hit sort of the the, the middle of, of, of the pack here he definitely had one of his worst coverage games of the season but that's kind of to be expected right you're coming in you have four days four or five days to learn an entirely new system an entirely new language and then you go out and you're playing against Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Stefan Diggs who are just gonna look they're gonna give you trouble so he posted what I could pretty comfortably say is his worst coverage game of the season but again it wasn't terrible so okay so he was targeted eight times he allowed eight catches so he allowed 100% of receptions that came targets that came his way to go for a catch but he only allowed 79 yards which isn't Awful by any means. And he didn't allow any touchdowns. He didn't get an interception. He didn't have a pass breakup. He allowed a long of 19 yards. So that's probably his worst performance since he allowed uh seven receptions on 11 targets in Philadelphia for 111 yards. But he's still yet to allow a touchdown this season. So, really, as far as I'm concerned, allow as many catches and yards as you want, as long as you're keeping the team out of the end zone and keeping your assignment out of the end zone. That makes perfect sense to me, and I'm not mad at it. I mean, most of the attention went P.J. Williams' way. You could see that from the very first drive. They went after P.J. Williams. I think it was five times uh, in the first drive, and P.J. Williams, of course, allowed two touchdowns—one to Adam Thielen, one to Stephon Diggs—and allowed over 100 yards uh, total. I think it was 114 total that he allowed. I can't remember. I said it last segment. That was felt so long ago. Uh, so you know, Eli Apple, <clears throat> excuse me, who came in just earlier this week to get set up with this team comes in and plays 70 of 73 snaps on the defense which is just incredible so like that's the other part of it is that yeah I mean he allowed eight catches he allowed uh on on eight targets he he had didn't have any pass breakups he didn't have any interceptors he allowed some yardage but he didn't allow any touchdowns and he stayed on the field so this isn't one of those things where like yeah okay he was on the field for 15 you know for 25 snaps and allowed eight catches in 79 yards that's one thing but when you play almost the entire defensive like the entire game in a brand new defense and you only allow eight catches for 79 yards I ain't mad at you and then on top of that he had nine tackles nine solo tackles by the way no assists at all uh he had nine solo tackles total uh, he did miss two tackles, but he also added two run stops. So, he, you know, he contributed in uh, pass—I'm sorry, in rush defense uh, in addition to doing what he could in terms of contributing in, pa- in pass defense as well. And then he was a factor in the game. He led the entire defense— in tackles with nine that, again, he did all by himself. I almost sang it. All by myself. But I'm like, Well, I guess I am going to do that to you, so I did it. But, uh, you know, those eight catches that he allowed, by the way, were to five different receivers. He allowed a catch to Adam Thielen. He allowed two catches to Adam Thielen, three to Stephon Diggs, and then one each to Aldrick Robinson, Robertson, Latavius Murray, Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell had one catch for eight yards on him. Latavius Murray had one catch for three yards on him. And then Aldrick Robinson had the one 19-yard Yard catch and that's it so as far as Stefan Diggs is, is concerned yeah he had three catches on Eli Apple but he averaged only 6.7 yards per catch against them. and then he had seven yards after uh, after the catch with that so I mean it's not like he was allowing deep shots to anybody the longest catch that Adam Thielen had on him was 15 yards and that was 15 yards of his otherwise 29 yards so he allowed one 15 yard catch and one 14 yard catch so he did a great job against these guys he allowed two first uh, I'm sorry he allowed total of five first downs, yes, that's something that needs to get cleaned up uh, in terms of being able to impact, depending on when that happened, too. Like, I mean, I mean yeah, if he allowed five catches on first, I mean, if he allowed five first down catches on third downs, then, yeah, I'd be a little salty with him. But that's probably not, I mean, but that's definitely not the case. So, look, he he played exceptionally well for uh, his time being able to adjust and learn uh, this new offense it was it, I mean this new defense and in playing against a pretty stacked offense uh, in the in the Minnesota Vikings I think that look I think we're going to continue to see improvement from him I'm not minding the PFF grades I'm not minding any of that stuff until he's actually gotten adjusted and of course he's entering this team in the hardest part of their uh, uh, of the same season when we, when they've got Minnesota los angeles the the rams they've got cincinnati and then they've got philadelphia right after that and so it's it this is not the time to be upset with eli Apple or anything like that yeah he allowed a 107.8 passer rating which is the worst which is the best well the worst that he's done the highest passer rating that he's allowed so far this season but i'm giving him a pass for this one because first of all like i said didn't allow any points which ken crawley definitely would have allowed touchdowns multiple i'll say and i think that eli apple was a positive factor in this game so i'm just saying i'm grateful that he's over in new orleans i'm grateful that the saints made the trade for him i'd love to see the trains before this trade deadline that's literally right around the corner before this trade deadline hits i'd love to see them make a move for another cornerback to put in the slot because i gotta tell you pj williams ain't it but grateful that eli apple is here in new orleans and that he is doing his thing he's got his first game in this uh in new orleans at the superdome so y'all make him feel home if you're able to go to the game Uh, i think he's gonna have an exceptional time he already said that he's very happy to be here so i'm loving hearing that so all right stick around and when we come back we're going to be talking about some of the biggest news from around the league including news about your favorite your other favorite team the cleveland browns all right, welcome back, Kudat Nation. It is time now for us to take a look at some of the biggest stories from around the league. And I need to start with the biggest news that there is right now. The Browns have finally, finally, finally fired uh, head coach Hugh Jackson after going 3-36-1. and They, of course— lost to the Steelers yesterday 33 to 18 and apparently that 36th loss on the record was just enough to break the sh- was enough for the to, to be the straw that broke the horse's back 33 I just can't believe that they waited this long to move on from this dude 3 wins 36 losses and one tie. They had the entire team, they had the entire city of Cleveland celebrating over a tie because of how bad this coach is. So I'm glad they finally moved on from Hugh Jackson. More than that, they also moved on from offensive coordinator Todd Haley. So here we are, y'all. This is the middle of the season. This is when stuff like this starts going down. And look, so Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley both out in Cleveland, despite the fact that many reports actually said that they would be likely more likely to stick with Todd Haley. Uh, than they would be to stick with—or, sorry, that they would be more likely to move on from Todd Haley than they would be to stick with—than to move on from Hugh Jackson. And then they let go of Hugh Jackson, indicated that they were more likely to stick with Todd Haley because the concern—one of the biggest concerns—I mean, look, this is what they say is one of the, they, they said that one of the biggest concerns was the Hugh Jackson-Todd Haley dynamic and that Baker Mayfield was sort of getting stuck in between it. He was getting asked questions about it, everything like that. So they needed to sort of diffuse that situation. I'm not convinced. I, I It's not that I'm not convinced. I am. I, I, 100 believe, I 100% believe that. But I'm mad at y'all, the Cleveland Browns, for saying that the issue was Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson's relationship, as opposed to understanding that the issue was 36 losses over two and a half seasons. That should have been your issue. But anyway, I digress. He's out. Hugh Jackson's out. Todd Haley's out good thing to me as far as I'm concerned for Baker Mayfield because I want to see that homie shine so I'm glad to see them out so they're out in Cleveland Baker Mayfield still the quarterback that's all I care about when it comes to Cleveland so you know I, I always call the Cleveland Browns your second favorite team because everybody wants to see the Cleveland Browns win and so I think that this is a win for the Cleveland Browns in both of those moves now they need to do is move on from that bum defensive coordinator they have over there too. All right. Big injury over here. Big injury news in Philadelphia, who, of course, the Saints are set to face in just three weeks time. Uh, Starting right tackle Lane Johnson had a knee injury and is expected to be out for several weeks. Now, you saw what the Saints did being able to take advantage of a hampered offensive line that was dealing with some injuries just yesterday against Uh, the Minnesota Vikings. So if they're able to replicate that kind of performance against another uh, hampered offensive line when they get down the road to taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, then they are going to be in a great place with Lane Johnson, unfortunately for the Eagles and unfortunately for Lane himself, being out. And actually, that's going to be really huge because, you know, the Saints have this tough four games coming out. And for a lot of people, coming out of those four games with two wins is going to be good. But if they can come out with at least three wins, Depending on how everything goes with the Rams, four wins uh, that would, of course, put them in an even better situation. And last but not least, I need to continue to follow this story. The, the The Giants lose again, going one and seven. Eli Manning had yet another terrible, terrible, terrible game, and Pat Shermer has come forward to say yet again. Eli Manning is our quarterback and I don't know I don't understand what it takes I don't understand what it is that you need to see what it is that you're waiting to learn about Eli Manning Eli Manning is washed there is no space for this dude anymore on a professional football roster at this moment at least for the 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 um the New York Giants. There's no reason to keep pushing this. They lose to a division rival. Eli Manning does throw for 316 yards, but he throws one touchdown and two interceptions, and just played terribly. Made some awful decisions. I got, I went so far as to hop on a Twitter and say that if I if my body is going to age at the same rate as Eli Manning's career, then it just end me now because I can't handle it. I can't handle watching this dude anymore. So you know, I look. I could just be being completely insensitive. He got 136 yards into the hand hands of odell beckham jr so good for him uh glad for that and he got a you know, he got a touchdown over to evan ingram i appreciated that for my fantasy team but other than that look there's no reason that you need ben mcadoo was right that's my hashtag hashtag ben mcadoo was right eli manning should have been benched but then the media went wild new york media went wild new york fans went wild and come to find out he was right a hundred a hundred percent All right, y'all, that's going to do it for me today. We're all very excited about the Saints win in Minnesota. We're going to be talking about a little bit more tomorrow before we start to move over into talking about this next game at home against the Los Angeles Rams and the Mercedes-Benz Superdome at home on Poyser Street. Can't wait for that game. That's going to be crazy. Um, So when we come back, we'll be chatting about that. We'll look at some pro football focus grades. We'll look at some more in-depth analytics and stats and things like that as well to talk about this Minnesota game. And then, as always, we'll talk about some of the biggest stories from around the league. So thank you so much for coming through once again. I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at RossJacksonASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Find Locked On Saints on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is that you find your podcast. Just be sure to subscribe so that you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Rate, share, review, retweet. Give me, just show me some love, man. I appreciate y'all so much. Thanks for all your support and helping grow this family. This has been Locked On Saints. And trust Who that Nation, I'll holler at you. Hey everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Basketball season is upon us and big things are in store for the Pelicans after making the playoffs last year. Keep up with everything going on around Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team with the daily Locked On Pelicans podcast, wherever you get your podcast from.